Welcome to Madcasters, episode 16, where we dive into the topic of pornography and addiction with Ted Shimmer. You have just tuned in to the difference makers of a new generation. If you want to learn how to make a difference in your life, if you want the skills in order for you to impact your communities, Madcasters is your podcast. I invite you to get ready because this is the launch pad for you to go mad. What's going on, everyone? It's your host, Brian St. Louis, BSL, and we're here with another episode of Madcasters where we learn how to make a difference. I believe that the only way to effectively impact our world is to first progressively change the way that we see ourselves. That mindset transformation will launch us to enhance our holistic lifestyle and subsequently impact the world. So here, you will get the necessary tips, stories, and inspiration to learn how to make a difference in your life and in turn, impact the world be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast we're basically everywhere from apple itunes google and if you would like to support this channel even more you can become a patreon supporter that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com backslash madcasters and you can choose whichever tier you would like to help support this channel even more the more supporters we get in this realm equates to more episodes launched every week and so if you see value in what we're doing in madcasters become a patreon supporter thank you to all those who are currently supporting and to those who will be supporters with us today we have ted shimmer founder of the freedom fight and their mission is to equip men and women to break free from pornography so they can run their race and reach their god-given potential it's stated that 11 is the average age of first pornography use it's about 87 percent of porn users feel like they are living in shame and check this 50% of pastors view porn regularly you can see their website at thefreedomfight.org and you can also get their book it's called the freedom fight the new drug and the truths that will set us free so ted thank you so much for being on the madcasters podcast and why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're looking to do in order to fight against pornography well, Brian, hey, thanks for having me on, man. I've, I've been looking forward to uh, yeah, being with you today. Um, you know, in, in, in the early 90s, um, my wife and I, you know, came on staff and started working with college students, um, mm-hmm. you know, helping them grow in Christ. And um, in the early 2000s, we started noticing that more and more of our student leaders were struggling with uh, pornography. And so much so that in 2007, we really identified as a ministry that our biggest obstacle to our vision of building spiritual leaders for Christ was this whole issue of pornography. And so wow. as, a, as a ministry, we realized, hey, if we're trying to disciple people, but mm-hmm. we're not addressing this issue, Mm. then we really have a hole in our discipleship. And so really in 07, that's when we we started having our staff men uh, go through a porn addiction recovery program so that we could be better equipped that mm. in the process of discipling students, we could help them, you know, overcome this issue. And so that, that really, you know, for me, kind of started my deep dive into this topic, Um and, you know, kind of eventually led to this point of, you know, creating a, a new organization and, and all mm-hmm. of that. But that's really when it started. Ted, for those who are listening, because some people in this world really still think that pornography is something that is um, an individual either choice to do or it's not that big of a deal. But can you tell us how big of a problem pornography really is? Yeah, well, that's a great question because I, I agree. The uh, the world sentiment seems to be, you know, hey, not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, as a follower of Christ, you know, Jesus told us in Matthew uh, 5, 27 and 28 that, mm-hmm. you know, visual lust is equivalent to adultery. And, and so, you know, he established, you know, for us, uh, you know, really that standard. But, you know, so as a follower of Christ, obviously, you know, that's a it becomes a significant deal for that reason. Right. But, 
you know, when we think about just the effects that, mm-hmm. you know, are, are caused because of pornography, you know, and there's many of them, you know, there's, there was a, uh, a study, a six year study of 3000 people, mm-hmm. um, done by Dr. Samuel Perry in looking at the impact of pornography on many different areas of a person's life. But one of them was their, the marriages mm-hmm. and that if either the husband or wife started watching pornography, they were two to three times more likely to divorce in the next two years than the porn free couples. Wow. Which is, is, you know, you know, really incredible when you, you know, just think about the impact of, of, you know, divorce and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the, the ramifications and collateral damage, you know, from that, Um, you know, those who use porn, are consistently surveyed to be more depressed than non-porn users. Wow. Um, those who use porn are, you know, consistently surveyed uh, to have a less sexual, you know, satisfying, sexually satisfying uh, life. And, mm. you know, because if you think about it, you know, pornography is, you know, really setting people up uh, to want new and different sexual partners. It really mm-hmm. trains the brain and rewards the person with dopamine, you know, shots because, you know, when somebody's watching, you know, a porn clip, you know, they've, they've actually, you know, done studies that the person starts growing bored of the same clip mm-hmm. until he goes to a new clip and then the dopamine, you know, they get another shot of dopamine and, you know, the excitement returns and, and so they're training themselves new and different, new and different mm-hmm. when it comes to sexual partners. And then when they get married, man, contentment is very hard to find because they've mm-hmm. trained their brain to want new and different. Um, and then there, you know, no woman can compete with that. Um, mm-hmm. Really this fantasy world, um, you know, that pornography, you know, brings to the forefront. How bad is the issue of pornography within women as well? Because we sometimes associate pornography to be a man's world or a man's problem. But is this also prevailing in 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 the women of our society as well? And how yeah. bad? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, because of because of the access, you know, with the iPhone and you know the modern technology. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's definitely become much more of a woman's issue. Um, in 2019, uh, the largest porn website in the world um, reported that 32% of their users were women. 32, wow. 32% of their users were women. Um, and so that's significant. Women, yeah, yeah. you know, women, that group of, women, they don't watch porn as frequently as men. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, 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 you know, the younger, the woman, the more likely she is to use porn. Um, and so there's a massive difference between the woman who's, you know, 26 and older Mm -hmm. and the woman who's 20, you know, 25 and younger in the amount of pornography that, you know, the surveys would say that they are watching. And so it's, you know, it's definitely a a significant issue among women. One, you know, thirty three percent of you know the porn being consumed, but even more so among younger women. Do you think that porn basically is is something that that starts from from a young age, or or is this something that also older men can can get into, or older women can get into as well, um, even for first time? Uh, so yeah, 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 and that's a good question. Um, you know, it's definitely something that you know a person can start, and you know, and I've I've talked to people, you know, even men in their sixties who never looked at porn but got addicted. Wow. Um, yeah, and so wow, but you know, it. I will say this. Um, you know, there's a reason that we have laws in place to keep mm-hmm. addictive substances away from the adolescent brain. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, a recent um, study showed that if somebody was addicted to alcohol, tobacco or drugs, 
there was a 90% chance that they started using that addictive substance before they were 18. And it just, mm-hmm. and it, and it just indicates that, you know, the adolescent brain is much more susceptible and moldable to addictive mm-hmm. substances. And we know from brain science and, you know, the, the studies that have been done that pornography, you know, reacts in the brain much like an addictive drug. And, you know, people get hooked on that dopamine high um, in, in the adolescent brain. Um, and so this is this is really, Brian, I think what is, you know, the most concerning and what most people don't realize is, you know, this younger generation since the iPhone came out in 07, mm-hmm. you know, until present, we're allowing this younger generation to consume, you know, so much more pornography than any generation that young has ever consumed before. Um, And the adolescent brain is just that much more susceptible to addictive substances. Mm -hmm. The the chances that, um, you know, somebody who starts an addictive substance before, you know, they're they're 18, that it becomes a lifelong struggle, go way Mm -hmm. up. And so we have a whole generation of young people that get hooked on porn at young ages. And we see it all the time on the college campus that when the right. freshmen, the freshmen are showing up with deeper and deeper addictions each year. And it's because, you know, they they started, you know, watching porn at younger and younger ages. And so, um, you know, and that and that's what most pastors and, and churches you know, don't realize is there, there is a tsunami coming mm. when this younger generation grows up and gets married and has kids and becomes leaders in the church. They're bringing that porn addiction in most cases with them. Mm. I mean, so what we talk about a lot of real authentic conversations here and um, on our podcast. And so I'm going to be a little authentic here and vulnerable um, I remember when I was 10 years old, that was the first time that pornography was introduced to me while I was in a library at school and we were looking up, um, I think we were looking up specific websites about uh, the White House and presidency. Uh, and for some weird reason, certain things came up in that in that way. And ever since then, that that has trickled down to being um, a, a problem that I I actually had for many years, uh, but even still, as you said, the accessibility was nowhere close to 2007 when the iPhone came out to even now 2020, where I mean the internet, Wi-Fi, um, having data wherever you go is accessible, and parents are giving kids phones by the time that they're what nine, ten years old. I didn't have a phone until I was 16. Yeah. So once again, the, the accessibility level was was extremely high comparatively to what we're uh, to what we're seeing now compared to to the past. And so I, you know, you know, as you said that, I, I feel for these kids because uh, some parents don't even put on parent parental controls on their on their on their kids' phones. They don't do certain steps in order for them to to help them through the process, and it becomes that much more difficult. For them to deal with, uh, with with what is in front of them, um, and and I I I have to ask a question: uh, how much how much is the responsibility of a parent to to help nurture their child in these types of conversations, or if they find out that their kid is is in pornography is watching pornography, or to even figure out that their kid is watching pornography? Yeah. And, and, you know, and Brian, that was one of the reasons why I wrote my book, The Freedom Fight, that, Mm. you know, just came out in November is because I've been regularly surprised at how many Christian parents are giving their kids phones and access. And I'm, Mm -hmm. and I, when I ask the question, so, man, what are you doing to block your kids' stuff? And they're just kind of giving me a blank stare, like, (laughs) you know, now, now, that that doesn't happen with all, but I would say it's the majority, which you know yeah. really is a sad fact that because man, the kids are going to find porn. Mm-hmm. The bottom, anywhere. the bottom line, yeah, anywhere because their buddies at school. You know, I was talking to a guy not long ago, and he was 
that's in one of the groups that I, I lead. And he said, man, as fifth graders, we made fun of the one guy who never watched porn. And we were like, dude, you got to go home and watch it. Here are the three mm-hmm. websites you need to go. You know, it's like, this was, you know, this was, you know, 10 years ago when this guy was in fifth grade, you know, it's like yeah. the, your kids are, are gonna, you know, gonna find porn in if parents, you know, I'm, I'm shocked at the number of students that I work with that they've never, their parents never had the sex conversation with them, hmm. you know, much less the porn conversation. And, yeah. You know, those don't just need to be conversations in our sex saturated world. You know, they have to be ongoing conversations, you know, ongoing dialogues. And, Do you think uh, parents are just scared to have these conversations or, or, or what? You know, I think it's probably a combination of things. I think it's an awkward conversation, much like mm-hmm. the sex conversations. You know, they don't want to, you know, bring it up. Um, they they don't know. You know, they're like, well, hey, you know, I don't I don't look at porn or that wasn't ever a problem. You know, and that's what a lot of people say. It's like, well, you know, every generation kind of has to, you know, navigate the porn issue. But mm-hmm. what people don't realize is we're talking about, you know, kids having 24 seven access to hardcore pornography and you know we're not talking about you know getting your uncle's you know porn magazine you know that it's just a a completely you know different you know ball game you know when it comes to you know the amount and the kind uh you know pornography because there's definitely the direct correlation between private access to porn in addiction because hmm. and, and that's what the problem is is we're giving so many kids private access to porn um yeah and the and the parents it really you know falls on their sho- shoulders um you know that you know to, to warn their kids to fill in the blanks mm-hmm. and you know begin letting them know and, and again that's that's one of the reasons you know why i wrote that book just on an educational front that uh, you know, and, you know, even with pastors and youth pastors, you know, telling, telling these kids, you know, warning them of the dangers, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that come in with starting this habit early, uh, there's going to be massive ramifications later. And, and I want to get into the whole, I want to get more into Freedom Fighters, your book, uh, everything that you want to, that, that, that you're doing in this regard to help fight uh, the, the the porn pandemic. But I do have just a co- couple of questions before we get there. I, I, I had a, I had a guest that came on and she shared her story about um, human trafficking and she shared, and we were talking about what the, what the problems uh, in, in human trafficking can be found and how some of us may be supporting human trafficking, even, without realizing it. And one of the major ones was for sure the, the use of pornography. Um, and she spoke about how certain websites have, um, have, uh, attacks, have, uh, people who have, who have had, um, issues that are being posted without their permission, X, Y, and Z through pornography. Um, do you think that pornography is ultimately a, an issue that is, that is infringing on our humanity in a, in a, in a bigger scale than even just a personal level? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and I mentioned this in one of the chapters of my book, but, oh, you know, demand for porn, when pe- when somebody com- consumes porn and the demand goes up, mm-hmm. that is only encouraging these traffickers uh, to post, you know, their videos of, mm. you know, the rapes. Because here's the thing is, and I refer to this study in my book that there was a, a study of them, of women rescued from sex trafficking from nine different countries, wow. 49%. So half of these women said that they were filmed when they were being raped or trafficked. Wow. Um, and so, and then they, then what happens is these traffickers upload these videos and then they get money you know, from how many clicks and how many people, you know, they upload them to, you know, some of these, you know, huge websites and they get money from that. And when, mm. when rape porn is a popular genre, yeah, yeah. 
then man, these, these trafficking videos, man, they just fit right in. And, and so the person who thinks, oh, this is just a, you know, a private, you know, little habit or sin, and it's not hurting anybody, you mm-hmm. know, nothing could be further from the truth because every click is, man, increasing the demand, man, for these traffickers, you know, to, to oh. send, you know, to, to upload their porn. And so, you know, there was, I, I share the story of a woman who had her daughter kidnapped, underage daughter, and her daughter was being trafficked before the mom found her. There were 60 videos of this girl on Snapchat. Uh, and so, you know, the, on you know, Snapchat? yeah, Snapchat. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of parents have no idea that, oh, man, I didn't know that there was porn on Snapchat. And it's like, hey, Mike, that's what my kids use all the time, you know. And, man, it's a it's a purveyor, you know, of porn, <sighs> wow. not just porn, but of trafficking. And, yeah, and, and again, you know, a lot of parents have no idea. Man, that, that, that really just broke my heart hearing that. And and she, you know, she has to live with that uh, under her, just the weight of, of, of that on her life. That's that's so tragic. And, and I think it's just so tragic that someone would use something that God has given us in such a pure form, you know, uh, when it comes to the concept of sex and uh, between a man and a woman and to have that uh in in the in a marriage union that sex and uh has been so um has has been so destroyed um has been so perverted in in our generation and you know it's a it's a byproduct of sin of course but it's also a a byproduct of of the evil and and pride that we find in 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 the heart of of humanity uh i'm I'm really and and this is the reason why we have these conversations ted just because it's so important for us to realize what these are causing um not only to ourselves uh but also to our our kids our communities our society pornography clearly as as you're stating is not just an individual issue this is something that can clearly cause uh, dramatic effects uh, horrific effects uh, to world to the world around us. Can you answer this? Can you ask or answer this question for us? Um, how does someone know that they're even at the place where they're addicted? Yeah, and that's a great question, Brian. Because you know, you know, most people when they start with porn, it, mm-hmm. it starts with curiosity. You know, yes. especially younger, it's like, oh, I, I've heard of sex, but you know, and so. But then quickly, man, when they experience, you know, and I've, I've heard, you know, so many testimonies that, you know, of young kids, man, one exposure is all it took just to man, yeah. be hooked. And yeah. then they, they're just like, man, I've got to go back and see more of that because they experience a dopamine rush mm-hmm. that, you know, is something they've never had before. And, and then, man, they keep going back for pleasure. Hmm. Um, but, and here's the thing, addiction experts tell us that when somebody starts using their addictive substance, whether that's alcohol, drugs, or porn Mm -hmm. to start medicating the negative emotions in their life, and that's when the addiction goes to a whole new level in depth. Hmm. Um, because if you think about it, it's like when a person experiences, you know, a negative emotion, like, you know, depression, stress, Mm -hmm anxiety, loneliness, man, porn becomes a temporary relief for that pain. Mm. And when a person, you know, has, has gone to porn, that, that porn pathway becomes very, very well worn, uh, in the brain. And then that a negative emotion actually becomes the trigger. Mm. And, you know, most people don't realize that, man, dopamine is the pleasure chemical our brains release when we experience something enjoyable that our brain wants us to remember and repeat. Right, right. Drugs like cocaine artificially raise the level of dopamine in the brain, and so does pornography. And when a when a person, you know, uses, 
you know, pouring that dopamine high to man medicate their negative emotions, then that negative emotion becomes the trigger. And when a person, for instance, if they've been, you know, if they're stressed, then all of a sudden stress causes the brain to release dopamine because dopamine is released not just at the experience of pleasure, but also in the anticipation of pleasure. Mm-hmm. So if somebody experiences stress, then all of a sudden the brain releases dopamine to start the craving man, to head down that porn pathway. Mm. And, you know, and so a lot of, a lot of people will say, man, this urge to use porn just kind of hit me out of nowhere. But usually when we go back and kind of look at it, it's man, one of these negative emotions that, you know, they, they have been medicating in because the brain starts, starts going into relief mode. Mm-hmm. And Hey, when I fear, you know, experience this negative emotion, Hey, the brain reminds me, Hey, I know where we can go to feel a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when a, when a person man does that over and over, man, the, the depth, you know, of, you know, of the addiction just goes to a whole new level. And of course we know with man, the pandemic of this past year, yeah, yeah, you know, people are more lonely, more anxious, more fearful. Um, mm-hmm. the use of addictive substances have gone way up, including the use of pornography, um, mm-hmm. because people are medicating, medicating the negative emotions. Um, and so, you know, pornography, man, becomes an idol that mm-hmm. they run, they run to instead of, you know, running to God, uh, you know, to pour out their emotions or man to a, a brother or sister in Christ. Man, they're, you know, going to their addictive substance. And so, and more and more that addictive substance is, you know, that people are, you know, choosing is pornography. You know, I was going to actually ask about that. You know, how does someone necessarily even become addicted to, because, you know, so many people think that addictions are found in things that they take. Um, but but I've I've come to realize throughout my life that addictions are not just off of drugs or addicted to food or addicted to um, certain levels of sugar or whatever the case may be. It is also a, a mental pathway that that could allow things that we even see or or things that we do to become addictions. Uh, for instance, some people could even be addicted to video games. People could be addicted, though there's no. Uh, there's no substance that you necessarily ingest, but it's still an addictive property. And I'm so happy that you went through that uh, concept of how pornography could be an addiction and how that messes with our brain in that sense. Ted, um, I'm I'm loving this conversation. I think it's such a needed conversation. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about how you uh, and freedom fighters or, or the freedom fight is looking to help uh, fight against this pandemic of pornography that we're in right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, you know, as I I said, um, you know, earlier, it was really birth out of just, you know, seeing this younger generation, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just caught in the, in the claws of, of this addiction and, you know, just, you know, seeing the need to, you know, help them. Cause you know, here's the thing with, with a thing like pornography, um, man, it can take a person's hope completely away mm. because, wow. you know, when I went through my training to become, you know, an addiction professional, um, mm-hmm. you know, a sex addiction professional, I, I did, you know, a lot of the trainings with people who were from drug rehabs that were trying to, you know, add a sex addiction training to, you know, cause they were starting to see that more and more. Yeah. And you know, what happens in the brain is the same. It's like, you know, you may ingest something to cause the dopamine to rise, or you may view something to cause the dopamine to rise. Um, mm-hmm. but the pathway and how it hijacks the brain, you know, it's the same process. Um, and one of the things they said, Brian, was that, man, a, a porn addiction is one of the toughest addictions to break. Wow. Because you have to go out there to get your cocaine. That is so true. But man, wow. you're, you're, you're one thought away, man, from going back down that porn pathway and you can replay that video and man, get that dopamine rush. And, um, and so, man, I've, I've talked to, you know, so many people, man, who've, uh, and prayed 
that man, God would take it away that, you know, and having the accountability and then, you know, so many of them have lost hope. Um, um, and so really just seeing a need that, you know, Hey, we, we need to have a holistic approach because it's yeah. not just a spiritual problem. Um, but it's also a brain problem that has to be addressed. Um, um it's all, it's also a relational problem that, you know, that's, that's a, com- a component and an emotional, you know, so we really have to be holistic and address it from, you know, a brain science, the physical aspect, the emotional, the, the spiritual and the relational. Um, and so, you know, that's, you know, we really built our program, you know, again, as you mentioned, our, our free program, the freedom fight.org, um, you know, as a, a discipleship program, helping awesome. people uh, outgrow a porn addiction um, awesome. because it's not, you know, and, and the thing is somebody doesn't just quit a porn habit, but they have to outgrow a porn habit. They have to develop in certain areas mm. um, and these key, you know, renewing their mind with the scripture and building new pathways um, and, you know, a number, you know, growing in their emotional awareness. Um, and so, you know, Brian, addressing this issue, not only is it, you know, addressing, man, a huge problem, but, mm-hmm. man, it's a massive opportunity. It's an opportunity, you know, to help people realize, man, just how powerful God's word and the gospel is. Um, I love how you said the whole way of outgrowing, not just um, re- like removing the addiction, but you're outgrowing the addiction. Uh, can can you okay? And before you even I even ask this question, a lot of people, like for instance, if you do the the twelve steps for alcohol, uh, you know, uh, alcohol anonymous, you, you know, a lot of people believe the concept that um, once you're an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, right? Um, and and they believe this when it when it comes to a lot of addictions is this kind of the same way when it comes to pornography or are we saying that outgrowing can actually help you never necessarily come back into that can you can you break that down for us a little bit please yeah and yeah and i and i think it's you know and i'll give you an example as far as outgrowing uh mm-hmm. goes you know we mentioned about the 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 emotional area that, man, hey, somebody starts medicating their, their you know, yeah. stress, for instance, or loneliness or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Well, part of outgrowing is becoming more emotionally aware, just a recognizing, man, when I get exhausted, when I get angry, man, that that's a trigger, mm. man, for my porn use. Mm. So a, a person begins to, uh, you know, so like on our app, you know, our free app, that's, you know, yeah. part of the program, people check in and each day they're identifying their emotions. They're beginning to connect the dots. Hey, what's causing these emotions? Mm-hmm. And they're beginning to see, man, Hey, every time I've been stressed and anxious and exhausted for three days in a row, man, relapse is almost inevitable. Mm. So, man, I've got to I've got to reach out instead of moving towards isolation. I've got to learn to, you know, reach out and man with a, a brother and share that, you know, share my emotions and in uh, beginning to grow in emotional intelligence. Um, and so that process, when a person begins to identify their emotions and they begin to build boundaries that, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I need to do certain things to address these emotions, learn how to process them. Yeah. Instead of stuffing them or medicating them. And so that's a that's a huge area of growth that takes time, takes repetition, you know, daily mm-hmm. check ins. But when a, when a person uh, really applies themselves to that, all of a sudden, man, they grow in emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and just becoming aware. And all of a sudden, that thing that used to be kind of this mysterious trigger for them. And that they they're aware of it, and it really helps people to see a, a relapse coming from a week away. That, awesome. Hey, if I keep going down this path, I know what's going to happen, so I need to make some adjustments. And um, and so that's a that's a an area of growth, Brian. That man has uh, a lot of benefits in a lot of other areas. You know, mm-hmm. in, in marriages, you know, people being emotionally aware, emotionally intelligent, mm-hmm. in le- in leadership. 
um, you know, just in a number of areas of life that, you know, what a person has to grow in in order to overcome, you know, a pornography addiction, man, is really going to set them up for success in so many other areas of life as well. How, how much, how important is accountability and, and what does Freedom Fighter do to help in that area of accountability? Yeah. And, you know, and the Freedom Fight is really set up, a person can go through it individually. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and if a person doesn't have an accountability partner, you know, we coach them up on how to get one, Okay. Uh, you know, from their network. Um, you know, we really encourage people to go through it in small groups. Um, mm-hmm. And so we've really, you know, built the freedom fight, uh, you know, to really equip people, you know, to address this issue and to, you know, help a, a regular Bible study mm-hmm. really become in a, you know, freedom fight recovery group that, hey, we're going to focus on breaking cool. free from porn. Um, so, you know, we have a leader's guide and, you know, all that with, hey, this is how, you know, you ask the questions and facilitate a group. Um, and so, you know, it's been, um, yeah, encouraging from that vantage point that, you know, both small groups and individuals who get accountability partners. You know, we had a, mm-hmm. you know, a guy who started, you know, started the group by himself, uh, started the program, you know, early on added accountability partner, mm-hmm. you know, later he added another one, but you know, he's walking in freedom, you know, four years later, oh, that's awesome. um, that. but you know, it was, it was a process for him to, cause you know, as you know, there's a lot of shame that comes with yes. confessing that yeah. man, I struggle with a pornography uh, yeah. addiction. You know, there's, there's, there's shame in any addiction, but particularly for the Christian who struggles with a porn or sex addiction, yeah. You know, there's, there's multiplied shame and, yeah. and yet in that, you know, James five sixteen tells us the first step towards freedom is confession. Therefore, mm-hmm. confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Um, and so, man, that first step towards healing is, you know, coming out of the shadows and confessing that, you know, you have a problem. First of all, I, I love the fact that you all are doing this uh, to allow men to have and women to have the 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 ability to come and, and express themselves and, and let themselves um, be free from this so that they can confess their sins. You know, because I, I do believe that uh, having accountability partners, having someone who uh, who you can confide in in this area is, is very important through that walk with freedom. What can we say to our leaders, especially those in the churches? Um, who who still have this issue as a or or porn 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 addiction or sex addictions are, are still taboo and they don't really love to talk about it or if they or if you do have an issue with that it, you're you're kind of um, thrown away or blacklisted in a sense what what can we tell to our leaders in that sense to to help others who are dealing with this yeah and that's a great great question because. To be honest, Brian, if the church doesn't address this issue and become mm. become equipped, you know, with what our younger generation, uh, the depth of porn addiction that's going to be moving into the church over the next decade or so is, you know, massive. And mm. I mean, it's a massive issue, you know, aside no. from the younger generation right now. Yeah. Um, and and yet, yeah, so so many churches you know, don't address it, don't talk about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, uh, you know, and here's here's a common, you know, situation that, you know, a lot of pastors, if they do address it, um, you know, they don't understand how to navigate the, the shame issue because the shame issue is massive. You know, my, my I know a pastor that not, not long ago gave a great message you know, on immorality, which, you know, in the Greek is the, the word pornea. And he talked about porn. And mm-hmm. and at the end, he's like, hey, if you struggle with this, we have a booth in the back where you can sign up for a group. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> 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 but, but somebody thought that was a good idea. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so, you know, it, and, you know, and even if it was more discreet, like hey, yeah. Wednesday night at seven, you know, meet up here at the church, unless somebody is in crisis, they're not going to show up at seven because True. you know why? 
they don't know who else is going to be there. They don't know who else they're going to be disclosing their very embarrassing sin to. It's true. And so here's a, here's a key point that, man, for leaders, we have to make the issue an equipping issue in the church, not a recovery issue. And so on the front end, so it's like, you know, I, I led a, a five week, uh, equipping class in my church. Um, but it was, Hey, this is such a huge issue mm-hmm. in the church. We need more people who are equipped to understand it. And so that they can help others find freedom. So yeah. we're, Hey, we're having this equipping class. And then over the course of the, the equipping class, guess what? People who struggle with porn will show up and people who don't struggle with porn will show up. Mm-hmm. So you don't know who. You don't know who, but you, but everybody's getting equipped. You're yeah. you're de-shaming it. You're educating, letting them know, you know. Oh, there's a brain piece. You know, it's not just because you know I'm a worthless pervert that I can't break free. But man, there's a there's a brain element that I got to address. And mm. uh, so all of a sudden, you know, you're educating, you're de-shaming, you're giving hope that yeah. oh, hey, there is a pathway to freedom. Then yeah. at the end of that. Then you move into man the recovery piece. Like, hey, for those who want to, you know, keep growing in this issue, we have these small groups, um, and so you got to have that on ramp, so to speak. Yeah. Um, because man, shame is something that keeps so many people in the sh- in the shadows, including you know the surveys tell us. Uh, I refer to two different surveys in my book that you know, put the figure at 50% or more of our pastors struggle with porn to one mm. degree or another. Um, more than 50%, you said? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just above. So that's one of, basically one out of every two. Yeah. And and so, and again, if you're, if we're talking the younger, the pastor, the, mm-hmm. the percentage is even bigger. And it's like, wow. so wow. We're, we're, we're moving into, in most churches, you know, have a punitive culture, a punishment culture. Yes. And so someone's like, dude, I, I, I can't confess my, my porn struggle because I've got a wife and two kids, you know, I can't afford to lose my job. And, mm. you know, and so they stay in the shadows and when they stay in the shadows, their church stays wow. in the shadows. And, and so really helping pastors, you know, and the elders understand, Hey, you know, Galatians six talks about, you know, confronting people's sin for the purpose of restoration. The mm. goal is to restore people. Um, and so, you know, in this, in this area, um, yeah, helping, helping pastors. And I have a, I have a, a chapter in my book, uh, poor pastors and porn mm-hmm. that, you know, really kind of unpacks this, but because if there isn't a shift, um, you know, in, in how we, you know, treat our pastors, because we need to, with a punitive culture, we're not encouraging repentance. We're encouraging people to hide. But we have to encourage people to repent and give them space to repent. So that, because if the leaders aren't repenting, then the people in the pews aren't repenting. Wow. What you just said right there is very important because I, I think that that's super key to a healthy church. In general, wow! I, like the mere fact that you said, you know, as as pastors repent, um, the 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 pews, people in the pews will also repent. I think that correlation is absolutely amazing and necessary. So, thank you for that, Ted. Can you also help us through or guide us through the thirty day challenge that you have? Yeah, and yeah, and the thirty day challenge is something that we developed um, back in. I think it was April or May, but it was really, we, we took, cause our, our program, our freedom fight program is about six months, takes about six months to go through. Um, mm-hmm. So we developed, um, we, we took portions of the program. We've added some things to it and made it 30 days. So it's a 30 mm-hmm. day challenge, but it's a, it's a, an easy resource for pastors to kind of, you know, go through, but it's something that, it's an email based program. So when someone signs up, then for the next 30 days, they get a, an email that has, you know, 10 minutes or less of content, you know, a short five minute video, a passage of scripture that unpacks a principle of recovery that, mm-hmm. you know, has some questions that you, you know, talk about. 
But it, again, it's one of it's one of those things that we've really been in, been encouraged by just you know seeing the response and it de shames. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's an easy thing for a Bible study to say, "Hey, for the next month, hey, let's go through this thirty day challenge." And they begin mm-hmm. to talk about stuff that you know they haven't talked about before. They begin to understand you know, the different dynamics in a pornography addiction that actually mm. give them hope that, mm. oh man, freedom is possible. Um, and then, you know, actually give them a pathway, you know, in order to find it. Um, and so, yeah, so then, you know, we encourage from that, um, it gives people a great taste of, hey, if you want to do the, the full program, you know, hey, here's kind of the next step. But all, all of that is free. I was just about to say that, and all of this is free. I I think that's one of the the greatest things about also the freedom fight uh, is the fact that all that you have is free uh, material. Not the book, though. Correct. The book is is uh <laughs> they still have to pay for the book. Yeah, yeah. Where can they where can they find this book? Uh, so you can find that on our our website, thefreedomfight.org. dot um, org. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they can find the book on there. Um, and you know and you know, we have bulk orders. You know, a lot of people use them for small groups. We have discussion yeah. questions in the back. And um, I mean, you know, people can find it on Amazon as well. So, okay. so it's uh, we have it on Kindle and Audible. So that'll be on my spotlight as well on my website. And so we will we will spotlight the Freedom Fight organization as well. So people, if ever, if anything, you will have direct links to your website, also to Amazon links or whatever the case may be. So anyone who wants the book or wants uh, free material can go through the Madcasters website as well to directly go towards yours. Um, I, I, I have, I have one more question before we before we end this, um, Ted. What can you say to someone who's wanting to quit? Someone who's at the place where they're just looking for help. What are the steps that they need to take in order for them to continue or or to find complete freedom? What are the steps that they need to take? Yeah. And I, and I would say, you know, I would want to just encourage them that, man, there is hope that, mm. you know, as Hebrews 12, one says that, you know, lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily mm. entangles us and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. And that man, God has a race for you to run. He has a plan for your life. And porn is one of those weights, one of those sins that man is holding you back, you know, mm-hmm. from really experiencing what God wants. And, and so one, I would just say, man, there is hope. You know, the first step is man, confession is, yeah. you know, just sharing with another person that you have a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, one of the things that's true is on this topic that we, you know, our hearts are deceitful. The nature of sin is deceitful. And so Mm -hmm. we have learned to deny, minimize, and rationalize this sin in our life for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just recognizing, man, you know, man, that step of of confessing, man, is is so huge. And and I would encourage you to go to our website and start the 30-day challenge just to begin processing through it to to learn that because so many people who struggle with porn have given up hope because mm-hmm. they've, they've tried so, so many times they've been praying for God to deliver them. Um, and so I just want to say, man, there is hope. Um, and you know, as you, as you begin that program, it will, it will help you, um, you know, really see the the path to freedom and give you hope in that. Uh, are there any, any other programs that you're also doing through the freedom fight as well? So the 30 day challenge and then the, you know, the, the freedom fight, you know, the whole program, those, those, yeah, those are our, our, uh, our, you know, full program, but our website does have a number of resources for parents, for pastors, uh, you know, teenagers. Um, but there's, there's a lot of resources on there that, you know, Hey, if a youth pastor wants to pull some stuff off to educate their youth group on this topic, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of information on there. And then uh, there's also a way to donate to the Freedom Fight. And and what do these donations do specifically? Yeah, so obviously the fact that it's free is uh, means that we we have to raise a lot of money. And so yeah. we, have, we have a pay it forward model. 
That's awesome. Uh, hey, if you've experienced, if you've benefited from this program mm-hmm. and pay it forward for that next person, um, you know, so that, man, they, they can find freedom as well. Because, you know, having an app, uh, which we're getting right. ready to release an update next month, um, that's a pretty significant update and, you know, improvement. You know, it, it takes a lot of money, you know, in order to, in order to do that. So we're, we're trusting the Lord, uh, you know, to provide. And so, man, we would just, you know, encourage that, that pay it forward model. Hey, if you get benefit from the program, Hey, please invest for that next person. And how many people have, have gone through your program as well? Do you know the numbers or? Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting that we started 2020, we had had almost 1600 that had gone through it. Uh, Mm. Now, between our regular program and the 30-day challenge, um, we have over 7,000 wow. uh, that have wow. at least started, you know, started the program. And so wow. uh, it's been a, it took us three years to get to the 1,600, mm-hmm. and we basically quadrupled, uh, you know, since. The exponential. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Ted, thank you so much. I think this was such an informative uh, and, and real conversation on the troubles of pornography and what you and the freedom fight are doing to help change this world in this, in in this, in this, in this way. And so I just want to thank you so much, uh, not only just for coming onto the show, but for everything that you're doing to help, uh, people to, to find freedom from this sin, from this problem, from this, uh, pandemic that we find with, with pornography. Thank you so much, Ted. Well, absolutely, Brian. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate your work. Awesome, for sure. Blessings to you. Have a wonderful day. All right. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Madcasters. Please remember, do what you were called to bring into this world. Find a way to make a difference in your life and in someone else's life today, even if that's just one thing. Follow us on Instagram. Don't forget to leave a rating and review and become a Patreon supporter. Tune in next Thursday as we continue to grow and inspire because this is the launch pad for you to go mad.